Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Intruder Theatre in the Making podcast. I'm your host, Remy Rahub, and thank you so much for tuning in. Now, today, as promised, I've got a guest uh, who is Mark Weber, also known as Charles Weber, and he composed music uh, for Intruder. Uh, Mark, Charles, hello. Hello, Remy. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you so much. Can you initially demystify, you know, why is it Mark? Why is it Charles? Yeah. Uh, really quickly, um, because I'm both a musician and a filmmaker, um, many years ago, um, there's a guy called Mark Webber who used to be the guitarist in the pop band Pulp. Mm-hmm. We were on the experimental film circuit um, together and everyone just got confused with which Mark Webber it was. Yeah, you know, I've got I've got a list of credits where it says Mark Webber from Pulp, Mark Webber not from Pulp. <laughs> so, it, so I just started using my my middle name. It was easy. Okay. Uh, on the website, you Charles Webber, so that people know it's always the same person. Now, the way it's going to work today, uh, I'm going to interview Mark, uh, but also we're going to listen to a couple of pieces that uh, Mark composed uh, and. Um, think there will be two and also at the very end also the beginning uh, has a different intro um because i thought well since there's an episode uh, when we where we focus on music maybe we can just um offer and present different pieces that mark uh, composed so coming back um the very first thing i want to ask you is how did it start um i mean how, where did it start? How did you get involved in the theatre? Uh, what made you pursue um, that career? Because you also, I mean, your job is electroacoustic musician. Uh, that's what you do, but you do all sorts of things. So I just really want to know, how did it start? Yeah, I suppose it started, I mean, quick. Quickly, um, from being a teenager, I was a child of punk, so I got into punk rock. Then mm-hmm. I was quickly kind of disillusioned with punk rock because it, it was just rock and roll, but really. So I, wanted, I was heading towards more extreme electronic music because I wanted grittier stuff. Yeah. So I started to work with electronics um, and uh, gradually, you know, back in the day before computers, you know, you, you know, you had a four track tape machine, cassette machine and making little little soundtracks and things. And eventually, um, because in those days, it was really rare for people to be able to multi-track, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not like everyone can nowadays. So I was in Leeds um, as part of a degree I was doing actually in ecology. And I met a theatre company, um, mm-hmm. cooperative at the time, who were uh, called Interference Theatre. They, they, they came out of Lancaster University, which yeah. is a great theatre course there, yeah, um, at Lancaster. Um, and they got their hooks into me. They were like, my God, you can make soundtracks. And I was like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you can multi-track, you can do this kind of stuff. So that's, that's really the absolute beginning was mm-hmm. you know, I could record things for them and make, you know, make music for them and, and sound, sound tracks, sound scape. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, and they were kind of an experimental, you know, very much kind of at the time, obviously forced entertainment had just started and we, yeah. we were very much in the wake of the first wave of, you know, the new, you know, a bit like impact theater, forced entertainment. We were like the next generation. Yeah. 
so uh, yeah in in and we 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 worked together for about you know and i became also i became part of the devising process the team mm -hmm. you know so i got really started to get my hands dirty with the actual kind of you know dramaturgy or whatever you w would like to call it and and also but because at the time i wasn't an actor or and still not an actor they were also keen to say oh well if you if you're good with those wires and things over there what about you know the mm -hmm. lighting so i started to do all that. right so i i started to become like the technical guy of the theater so yeah yeah so that, yeah so we made about 10 10 12 shows during mm -hmm. um yeah uk and then how did it evolve did you then uh since you worked i mean you composed music but then they asked you to also do various things did you work on on things um did you do more music did you do more stage management how did it evolve it, i suppose it didn't really evolve as such i mean i i hope i improved or <laughs> got better at what i did but I, I didn't get into stage management or anything like that. Um, no, I stayed. I stayed firmly, kind of in the with the kind of really, essentially sound and lighting. Just the, I suppose, yeah, the, the technical, uh -huh. uh, you know, the, the looking after how to create, you know, designing. I suppose, you know, I did probably yeah. know it at the time, but it was a lighting. I was a lighting designer. I, you know, um, but yeah, always. Um, you know, always working on original stuff. So you're you're always creating, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And of course, you, you know, and like I said, I, don't, I probably don't think I really changed and developed as such. But I developed as a, a creator. But I still, you know, I still think small is beautiful. You know, I'm not a career as such. Like, you know, for, first and foremost, I'm an artist, I suppose, without sounding too popular. Mm -hmm. I'm not a career lighting designer, and I'm not really a yeah. career. You know, I want to work with people I like to collaborate with. Mm -hmm. And then, because you are a musician, so when do you remember being interested in music? Well, like I said, initially I was a child of punk, you know, when I was early. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, you know, so that was initially it was, a good, you know, I picked up a guitar like every other, yeah. you know, every other teenager in the late 70s. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, because um, all of a sudden it was the DIY ethic, you know, and and certainly you know i was much i was very much more interested as well in, in not the kind of posturing of punk but the political you know the kind of political the small p um you know that's you know bands that influenced me at the time were for instance a band called throbbing gristle which a lot of people know they were artists they were ex quite extreme mm. electronic music and and actually perform more performance art com quite confrontational yeah um, you know and they were a big influence on me um and i think i got to work with not work with genesis the guy uh, genesis Piorage, um but i hang out with psychic tv in the late 80s mm -hmm. um so so yeah yeah i've always kind of plowed the same furrow if you like but um and yeah and now when you're working on projects is it um similar projects to what you did um i don't know 10 20 years ago or is it different things that they ask of you at the moment you know what it changes constantly because mm -hmm. i don't work in a certain style either as such i mean obviously i make essentially i suppose you know western electronic music but yeah i do work in a real variety of, of styles and because it, to me it i i get i never work in one way um in my studio i, I change constantly 
with what tool mm -hmm. I'm using, you know, the palette of tools. So, and it's, and it's often that people like what they hear of my stuff and they yeah. want, they want, I suppose it, they want me specifically. I don't really, um, that's why I say don't, not, I don't work commercially, but to make, to just, at one point in my career, I did a lot of sound for TV, for um, documentaries and things. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of soul destroying <laughs> because it mm -hmm. was, they were, people, people wanted a certain style of music, uh, usually yeah. because they couldn't afford the copyright to the original. So yeah. they wanted pastiches and, and you know, emotive mm -hmm. things. So, so yeah, it's a strange, um, I don't, I don't, I only work with collaborators that I think are a good fit, you know, like mm -hmm. you, you know, well, we, we, you know, so, and, you know, for many years, I worked with a puppetry company that were really one of the first, well, not one of the first, but the kind of first wave of puppetry, a company called Forty Optic. Yeah. Uh, and I made soundtrack for them, for their, their, their shows. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like you choose, I mean, projects that really interest you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Not make, and, not make advert music, if you like. Yeah. And uh, one thing I forgot to ask, do you remember how we met, how I came to you? Do you what do you remember about that? Well, we, 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 were, we, we, were, we were kind of like an arranged marriage, weren't we, via <laughs> Jocelyn Pook. <laughs> Jocelyn Pook, um, who we both know, who is a you know, stellar composer of dance and cinema yeah. and, you know, amazing woman. Um, and I've known her, in fact, way, way back in the early days of the, the theatre company I mentioned, Interference, um, she, yeah. used to, she used to write um, music for a company called the Alison Andrews Company in Leeds. Mm -hmm. uh, and we met just, just by chance over just friends, circle of friends. And then, um, yeah, and then we kept bumping into each other like once every few years. And then, and then um, we bump into each other a lot now because we live in the same area. So I see a yeah. fairly, fairly a lot. And we have, we have mutual friends here like Laurie Lixenberg, the Mezzo Soprano. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. And then we were introduced, I think you asked Jocelyn for if she knew anyone, sound designer or electronic yeah. or Yeah, I did yeah. email her and I said, Jocelyn, do you know anyone? And she said, yes, uh, maybe get in touch with Mark. And I did, and then we met in Dalston. Yeah. Um, and I went into your basement, into the basement full of <laughs> computer keyboards and stuff, yeah, and yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And then you played me a couple of pieces, very electronic, and I really loved it. And that's uh, that's how it was. That's how yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, it just I kicked we, off. Absolutely, and I think, you know, it was really heartening because i think we clicked you know it was like oh this is you know because sometimes if you play people you know quite abstract electronic music they're like my god what's yeah this? What, what the hell's this <laughs> it's the computer crashed <laughs> yeah yeah and it was very very i remember it was very very 
reassuring because I was also at the time looking for like um, people who do lighting and, and stuff. And then when you told me about that you do other things, I was just so relieved. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my, I, oh thank God. I think the heavens, <laughs> theater gods, sent me this person in here. Well, thank, thank, thank God you. for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank, I thank do remember that. Yeah, yeah. I remember you being relieved at when I kind of said, well, I can look after the other stuff as well. You know, especially, <laughs> especially, you know, you were like, well, especially on, on you know, relatively small, small, small scale work. You know, you know I wouldn't dream of, yeah. you know, I wouldn't dream of uh, going to a massive, well, actually, funny enough, I, I worked with the choreographer Gary Clark and the last show we did, I did the lighting design, the video design, and the music, and uh, mm -hmm. it nearly killed me. But it was <laughs> looking back on it, it was fun. But at that, yeah. you know, and that was at medium scale. That was nearly kind of Sadler's Wells size stage, and yeah. you know that kind of, you know, when you're, you know, lighting design at that, uh, at that uh, scale is such a different ball game. You know, it's such a different ball. Mm -hmm. game. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I love a small is beautiful as well. You know, I'm not saying that your your show won't be a <laughs> on a, bar, a bigger stage. You know, um, you know, but we're well, gen we were generally looking at smaller venues, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. I was really relieved when you. I was so confused about approaching other people about you know music and lighting and everything, and all of a sudden I'm meeting you, and I've got like three <laughs> in one. It's like wow, it's like wow, really. I'm so uh, very grateful. So that was amazing. I remember our first meeting in Dalston. We, you know, we had coffee. It was great. And that basement full of computer keyboards. <laughs> that was that was something, to be quite honest. So that was um, that's uh, your beginning. So what um, I'd like to do now, I'd like to listen to one of the tracks yeah. uh, from uh, Intruder soundtrack, because this yeah. is what I call uh, you composed created i think 12 pieces uh i don't know yet well we don't know yet what's yeah. going to end up in the final uh show because we were rehearsing the show and then the pandemic hit but we're going to listen to one of them and we can we can uh, talk about it a little bit well a little bit after i play it so here is one of the uh, pieces from as i call it intruder soundtrack So um, that piece uh, always gives me goosebumps. I always go, you know. Um, so can you can you tell us um, more about that particular piece? Uh, I don't know, just um, or maybe even how do you how do you work on 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 things? If you can maybe then elaborate on your creative process. But any thoughts on this particular piece of music that you? created and that we just listened to yeah i mean i suppose also you know um 
first of all, they are still demo demo recording. You know, there were there were I, there were sketches. Well, you know, sketches yeah. to give to you to say what well, you know to get us all thinking. Um, yeah, I mean. And also, I did give you. It's funny when I listen back to the ones I give you; they're all fairly dark, aren't they? But then your yeah. intruder is, although it's a, I mean, it's a very kind of it has a is a quite a roller coaster ride of a, of a play, isn't it? There's many different um, uh, atmospheres, and it's very funny, you know. Yeah. Uh, but also, there is this hovering. Well, you know, the title suggests there's a kind of hovering malevolence, isn't there? Yeah, you know it's quite spooky. It's, it's I'm using the word spooky. You know, kind of. Um, there's definitely a presence, and there's definitely a kind of this hovering thing that's yeah. always is haunting you almost. If I yeah. remember, if I remember. Um, yeah. And and I suppose I I I gave you some of the tracks with that in mind, trying to create, yeah. so, trying to create something quite um, unsettling. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, especially, you know, thinking about you just on stage, you know, in a, in a very, you know, relatively, you know, solo, um, you know, so to, to really envelop you in, in an atmosphere, you know, so that, mm -hmm. was uh, that particular piece um, was just done with, um, I got, and as with some of the other tracks we'll come on to, to hear, percussion was, percussion was something I'd neglected in my I use the word musical studies loosely. I'm not a concert mm -hmm. pianist. Um, but percussion was something I've slowly got obsessed with over the past uh, few years. And um, this piece is just built up from layers of treated, um, sm a small gong, really, um, mm -hmm. with various pitch transformations. And, and, and it's very much in the tradition of music concrete, you know, that kind of tape cut up music. So when we are looking at your creative process, how, how do you like to work on a particular piece? Because when we start working on an intruder, I sent you my script and then I said, you can do whatever you want. Uh, and you created something really very unique and beautiful. Is it normally the case that people come to you and they say, do what you think is right? Or do people just come and say, I want this or I want that. How does it work? Uh, how do you work on your projects? Yeah, so yeah, collaborating um, is usually based on a kind of a, a relation, you know, a kind of creative relationship that's either ongoing or, or new in our mm -hmm. case. But a kind of understanding, I, I think you're kind of not, I'm not, you know, as I, I said previously, you know, I'm not a kind of commercial composer as such. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to produce something in the style of or, you know, blah, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so there is usually a kind of someone's, you know, usually done their homework and looked at, you know, what I do or hear what I do. So and and when I approach when I approach it, I'm very much more interested, not necessarily in initially musical ideas as such. Yeah, but more. I want to be involved in the drama of the, you know, the dramaturgy of it and to, to be involved mm -hmm. and to kind of get, you know, to know what's going on you know, um, in terms of atmosphere or emotion or, mm -hmm. and also I think, I think peer, period, you know, time, time is an important one as well to get the, the correct flavor of the work, you know, um, mm -hmm. because the way I work is as, as you've seen Remy, my studio is chock full of various pieces of equipment from various time slices of, of um you know uh, electronic music really i work mm -hmm. with, i sometimes work with very very raw materials that that 
someone might have worked with in the 1950s, honestly, you know. Yeah. So, you know, things like sine wave generators and actually I've got some from the Ministry of Defence, you know, <laughs> and right through to more complex, you know, um, much more kind of sexy kind of spectral analysis stuff and, you know, all kinds of digital, very much in the realm of what is called properly called computer music, you know, academic computer music. Mm -hmm. So I think create, my process is choosing the tools. You know, I think a lot of electronic composers work in a certain way with a certain set of tools and I don't really I, I change mm -hmm. you, know, um, you know I've made pieces just with the sound of peacocks you know I've made pieces like I said mm -hmm. spine wave my an opera I did many years ago um, it was called the glass hotel um, and yeah. I used only glass objects uh, as, yeah. as sound sources and made made what essentially was kind of verging on orchestral music so it wasn't just mm -hmm. clangs and bangs and but big you know big um you know almost like string sections out of glass and so it's very much about the kind of the atmosphere that you know i know that's probably obvious but the atmosphere because i mean that's one of the reasons for working in electronics i suppose is because there's no direct cultural association you know if, if you hear orchestral music it has this massive bit of baggage i suppose i mean maybe you could say the same about electronic music but i think it's more freeing um you know and if you hear an electric guitar you have you know mm -hmm. it's like rock music so it's a to me it's about choosing my paintbrushes is is one of my right. main one of the main kind of starting points of, of and um then when we were rehearsing you were there in the uh in the rehearsal room with us mm. do you normally sit during rehearsals or do you pop in and you know leave for a couple of days or do you like to sit and see what's going on and work very closely with the director uh you know what how we could work on a particular piece where we could um, insert certain uh, yeah. pieces is it how you normally work when we worked on intruder that one week yeah yeah i think very much i really was keen to be in the room with everyone mm -hmm. and get a you know the real flavor of the piece and just to let things wash over you a bit you know um, mm -hmm. you know i made you know i made the notes on on kind of what was you know his you know, I made a big, huge chart of, you know, which I'm looking at now of, you know, each scene, you know, um, lighting, you know, elements, locations, you That's know, because, because Intruder was, I suppose, and because you're, it's a solo piece, it almost is a, yeah. ra a very much a, a radiophonic work, you know, we could almost, we could put it on the, on the, on the radio, I think, you know, I think, um, right. with, you know, elements of atmosphere, you know, yeah, field recordings and those kind of things. So, yeah, I'm really, to answer your question, I'm going around the houses a bit, but, you know, it, it's it's very much being in the room. And, and I think that probably mm -hmm. is my background in, in devised theatre, you know, that's, um, you know, I really want to, to, to absorb it. And, you know, because it's not about, it's not necessarily about composing themes, you know, like someone's yeah. theme or, a, you know, yeah. Because actually, I remember when we met, uh, and even the pieces, uh, we're only presenting a couple of them, but there was a really various sounds 
like sounds that I I've never heard. <laughs> and I, I I remember I was speaking to you about it. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. And you were explaining to me that this is this, this is that, yeah. that you record various things, which is very very uh, very interesting and impressive. But I mean, I'm, I'm so glad it tickled your ears. Um, I mean, list coming back. Obviously, we obviously we've had to um, had to take a rain check on working on this show. Mm. Um, but coming back to the pieces, and now this will kind of make you laugh a bit because I can't remember how I made them because part of my practice is also kind of improvising. And mm. as you've seen in my studio, there's lots and lots of hardware. You know, lots yeah. of hardware, uh, a, a very large mixing desk. So yeah. often I'm really improvising and that will be a one-off sometimes that will be a one-off, right. you know, cause I mean, I'm not a great improviser, but I do, um, I have been on the improv scene usually with as duos with, um, cellist and, and another mm. saxophonist. Uh, um, yeah. So, so improvising is also part of that practice, I think. Uh, and hope mm -hmm. that I mean, it's like throwing paint, ar paint around, really, you know, if you're a visual artist, yeah. you know, it really, it's, it's getting your hands dirty. And, and that's, that's uh, you know, that's why sometimes it will be a one-off. <laughs> yeah, having that's said it. That, having said that, Remy, um, because I remember, I remember saying, I'm like, well, I can't really work in the room with you. And since lockdown, I've changed, not changed, I've developed a whole practice of filling my laptop with all kinds of, um, new software and things so now mm -hmm. I can actually be in the room <laughs> so, yeah so I've actually developed that side of my getting myself a bit up to date um and yeah yeah so interestingly um I, I, but one thing I really wanted to ask something just popped in my head yeah. I really don't know how composers work I I'm always fascinated by it to be quite honest and when let's say you know you said that you have you know demos for yeah. intrude which is great and then you go into rehearsals do you then um, let's say you see what's going on do you then go home and, and think oh maybe that particular piece that demo maybe i could add this bit here or that bit or you kind of create something from scratch how does it work yeah i think I mean, sometimes, uh, sometimes you know, and it's the classic thing. Sometimes the demos stick, you know, because yeah. people get so used to them. And and you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it. I'm not precious about. Yeah. Um, the only reason I I said there were demos is really because often you know that I don't know how much of the pieces you're playing, but there's no change over the. Yeah. You know, they were there literally as atmospheres. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I'd, I'd develop. Um, yeah, develop develop the piece. Just yeah, develop the journey. I suppose it's all about the journey. You know, um, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's a piece on on uh, on my. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I don't if 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 I can um, share that with you. Yeah, sure. Um, it's just called. If you go to YouTube and type in Opera NCV, basically Opera No Commercial Values. So if you just put <laughs> Opera NCV. Yeah. You'll see some of the work on there. And there's a, like, for instance, there's a long piece I made just with violin from like from the late nineties. And mm -hmm. that was, that was, that was really like a working really closely with a writer director going away, fleshing out ideas, exactly what you said, having a demo and then building that up into that. And that was actually a physical journey. It was a site specific right. on a boat. Um, the piece is called fishing for Jack. It's uh, if anyone yeah. goes near it, um, 
but yeah exactly that you know really that was quite a complex piece you know and it's a, a 40 minute solid soundtrack a piece of music um yeah so, uh, and, and so repeat that youtube um channel again what was um, the name of it? it it's just if you go to youtube and just type in opera and and then with the letters ncv so it's opera opera, ncv yeah okay so no the ncv stands for no commercial value right <laughs> there's quite a trajectory of my work on there from music concrete and improvisation uh, op okay bits of, op bits of opera um yeah because opera is one of the, my real loves. So. And now uh, we're going to listen to another piece from uh, Intro the Soundtrack, as I always uh, call it, and then we're going to talk about it. So here is another piece. So, um, you know what, this is more, I don't know, um, when I listen to this particular piece, uh, I don't know, I, this is something, there was something obsessive about this particular piece. Can you, can you tell us more about it? <laughs> if, I, if I can, um, I became, um, again, I can't remember exactly how I made it, if I'm honest. Really yeah. Um, because, uh, but um, a, I was I've been hand in hand with my percussion um, obsession of late. I got quite obsessed by gamelan music, yeah, um, which you probably hear a flavour of in that that piece. Um, so yeah, it was, and also what, one thing that always seems to happen with my composing electronics is I start to head towards vocal sounds, and I don't know if you. In that piece, there is quite a lot of kind of voice set. Not, not, no actual voice mm -hmm. in it, but there's something about the gesture. I love. I mean, that's why why I work a lot in experimental opera, um, just small scale, is yeah. because I'm. I the, to me, it's very a very potent combination of voice and electronics. I think it's a really, right. yeah, really. Um, so I think in that piece you've just played, um, we've just listened to um, very much kind of this vocal kind of element. Because um, I, you know, people often people describe electronic music as cold. To me, it's to me it's just as powerful as. Or, I mean, it is orchestral music to me. You know. Yeah. You know, with the demos when we were working, one of the reason I gave one of the reasons I gave you such a spectrum, a spectrum of kind of um, techniques. And then we found, didn't we, that you were delivering text over the rhythm at one point. You know, you were like, oh, I yeah. love the rhythm, and you were just like, you know, and that's what I mean when you said, you know, do I go away and develop it? You know, we we w probably would have. If we'd have had any more time in the rehearsal room, you know, I'd have probably worked that idea up and um, collaborating. You know, it's about developing the vocabulary, you know, getting the it's almost like sticking things on a board, you know, just just sharing things, sharing ideas and not being precious, you know, like finding out how oh, does rhythm work? Like all of a sudden we were, you know, it, op it opens up conversation and it opens up um, a common vocabulary, I think. So. If I were to ask if you were to give any tips or advice to any aspiring, uh, uh, well, 
electroacoustic musicians yeah. uh, because that's your job uh, people who compose music what would you say to them uh, what tips advice would you yeah. give one of the one of the key things especially with electronic musician which from my standpoint is you know work in different ways all the time you know as you've seen mm -hmm. you know um, you know, too many people today, I think, just work inside a laptop, you know, and they, mm -hmm. they work in the, their thought process. They work in the same way. You know, I mean, I do it. That's mm -hmm. why I, I don't I'm not particularly big fan of just working exclusively um, in the box, as they say, although I have mm -hmm. developed that um, over the last year, really. But but also I can see I think it's a bit like the uh, a bit like a photographer. You know, I mm -hmm. think people who have actually worked in a dark room and understand the kind of process of photography are probably better equipped when they come to use something like Photoshop, you know, mm -hmm. because they understand the kind of mechanics behind it. And I think it's the same with electronic music. I would also, you know, say to people, you know, gather as much crap around you, which I have, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, keep, keep always try and work in a different approach, a different way. Um, and I, I think working with, when you were kind enough to describe and say you the sounds you hadn't heard before mm -hmm. i think that's a really key thing that that first track we played i think um which was that when i described the the small gong that i transformed uh you know what's unique about that is only i have that particular gong you know so mm -hmm. the flavor of that track is unique i think you know yeah working working always working kind of in unique situations and you know unique sound sources and it mm -hmm. will set you apart that would be my you know a tip as such um yeah so and, be curious about sounds yeah. and not only depend on laptop to give you a particular sound but go out do various things yeah. try test things out yeah. record these sounds yeah real and real objects you know that that's a really good thing because things are so acoustically unique like as you know said mm -hmm. it's like if you've got if you've only got those objects you are only going to make that music and that sound you know track soundscape um, yeah so yeah, of course, yeah. Keep curious and keep um, use everything they've got from from the computer to a you know a, a, a guitar pedal that costs ten pounds. You know, you'll get yeah. a sound out of a guitar pedal and a, and a tin whistle that you won't get out of a three thousand pound laptop. You know, but but you know that's not knocking either of them. You know, it's so then you end up with loads of objects. Yes, yeah, objects. <laughs> so then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and when you move house you're moving objects yeah exactly a house of sonic objects um, <laughs> i had to stop myself from because i got so obsessed with gongs and tam tams i i yeah i, I just had to kind of stop myself because they're all yeah. unique they're all unique you know and it's it's a bit like oh i just just one more just one more yeah yeah that's very very interesting now the final uh track that we're going to listen to at the very end, when we finish, it's it has this kind of very medical, clinical feel to it. We actually used it uh, when we were rehearsing. Can you tell us more about it? Um, again, my, my, I, I think I was using a very old drum machine um, that yeah. I acquired. So that, I think that might have been the basis of, um, of the rhythm. 
Um, yeah. We talk about the rhythm track, aren't we? The kind of gravelly, rhythmy. Yeah, track. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. With a shaker, with a shaker, slightly. Yeah. So, um, yes, um, I can't remember exactly the detail, but certainly again, yeah. you see, that was a that was that was made with a, an actual box. You know, a, 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 it cost me about one hundred and twenty pounds, I think, if I wow. used. You know, uh, and again, unique. You know, these things. Um, you know, you pick them up in kind of you know these old you know old electronic shops and things uh, mm-hmm. but yeah always you know and and yeah it's it's kind of unique sound and i think i can't remember where that gravelly sound came from um again perhaps another tip is just you know record and keep 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 them keep recordings you know and i mean i'm pretty good at archiving stuff and and keeping yeah. it, knowing where it is but you know because those tracks a lot of those tracks um, that I gave you were things that were, were just on my desk, you know, literally on my mixing, de- you know, mm-hmm. literally kind of th- things that I've been experimenting with, yeah. you know, and you never know when you're going to use them, you know, it is, it's so, yeah, keep, keep archive your stuff and, and, you know, keep this, this basically your own library, you know, basically a yeah. sound library. Like a know. database of data, yeah, yeah. sound database. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because, being being um yeah working with rhythm over the last few years has really opened up a lot of vistas so again you know always always be searching you know but i was always frustrated that my hands didn't work percussively um mm-hmm. you know and then i started to really just work with snare drum studies and yeah just you know just get into the discipline of it um and you know it opened up quite a lot of vistas in a way of thinking you know so always always be um, receptive and always go keep keep going forward you know just just keep learning yeah it's interesting about the final piece just at the very end yeah. i remember when we were rehearsing i think it was one of the very first demos that i think we put in the piece to be quite honest we i think we all knew that that particular piece was going to be in a particular moment that's what i remember that clinical medical really yeah examination kind of thing i mean it's great Uh, when that clicks though isn't it that i give you you know give you something that everyone in the room is like this is the you know this i mean that's really you know yeah marcus was like this is it that 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 piece (laughs) just goes here that's brilliant i thought okay that's fine it worked and we worked around it so that was the very first piece i think we selected uh for when we were rehearsing so that's good to know and and the listeners can um, listen to it it's the very last track in this episode so when we finish um so wow this has been well we've been talking nearly 40 minutes to be quite honest uh i would love you know to talk more and discuss it because i actually find it fascinating and thank you so much for the soundtrack uh because i'm so grateful and i'm so pleased and you know you say it's demos but for me it's just amazing and uh the podcast uh we i used another track and in this one we can give a little bit of a different feel to the soundtrack as i call it um And it's wonderful to have a conversation with you. So thank you, Mark, a.k.a. Charles, uh, (laughs) for this lovely conversation and sharing uh, with us uh, your 
your insight and your creative process and hopefully people can listen to some other pieces that you created on your uh, YouTube channel. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, Remy. No, it's been a real pleasure. It's, uh, it's a, sh a shame that we, we, we need to get this project back on the uh, burner, don't we? It's, it's well, we definitely do, but let's see how it all goes. Yeah. Maybe 2022 uh, well, theatre uh, gods will make it God. possible, as I as I was saying before. But thank you so much for that. Um, and um, uh, this would be everything for this episode. Now, a couple of things I'd like to mention before we finish is that if anyone would like to help me and support me financially uh, with the podcast, I have a Patreon account. Um, I would put the link in the podcast description and anyone can help me for less than a coffee. That is one pound a month to help me with, uh, with the podcast. Um, and keep creating art. I would be very, very grateful for that. That is one thing. And the other thing is that I'm going away on a holiday uh, soon, so there won't be another episode in two weeks. There will be another one in September. Uh, but let's see how it goes, and then I'll come back to the journey of Intruder. So until then, stay well, stay safe, Enjoy your holiday if you're going on holiday uh, in mid-August or hopefully you had a good holiday and I'll speak to you in September. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.